0: Yeah. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos, part of the Stake in the Plains content network and the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Just a couple of casino caballeros talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Welcome to
1: the... Gambling Gouchers, I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson alongside Tech Hoops Guide. Today we are in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Hey, shout out to Cardinal Sports Center. You can go buy some new uh, gear there. Uh, announcing a partnership with Sideline Provisions this week. Uh, you get some Sideline Provisions there at the Cardinals World. You can go online at mycardinalsports.com. Gear up for the Texas Rangers World Series right there at Cardinals. You can do it all. Kyle, how you
0: doing? I'm good, man. I don't mean to uh, throw under the bus, friend of the show now because it's his third time. Tech Hoops guy, but uh, Tech Hoops guy, any chance you have a pair of headphones nearby?
2: Why? Can you hear something? I don't. I'm not gonna have headphones. I could, yeah. I could, I could. Uh, there's some. I could ask for some. Um, like there's some in this house. They'll be like wireless. I'll have to like Bluetooth them into my uh, laptop. Is it that right,
0: Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll talk is laugh. Yeah, it was Rob's fault, not yours. I'll
2: just turn my volume down. <laughs> there
0: you go. Like I said, I don't want to I don't want to throw under the bus a, a friend of the show. This is your third time on the podcast, right?
2: At least second. At least second. Maybe third. Yeah.
0: I remember we had the episode where you talked about uh, the mob asking you if they should take Tyree Wilson, first defensive player drafted. And I think we also did a gainesville regional preview with you so i think this is oh, okay
2: third yeah time. yeah yeah yeah. okay cool
0: which is good to see you didn't get in trouble with the mob when he was the second defensive player taken
2: no no i mean i didn't tell him i didn't i wasn't able to give them any actionable info all, <laughs> good. right other than he was you know had a hurt foot and was unlikely to run at the combine
0: yeah
1: All right, let's get into it. BYU uh, hammering Texas Tech after a bunch of turnovers. Uh, this is our late recap of the game. I don't think we need to do it. second week in a row. I'm not going to do the, the box score thing. I it was what it was. Um, what did you think of Jake Strong? Just, I guess, as a quarterback in, in the game plan.
2: Are you talking to me? Either what. Uh, i'll go first i guess um you got me y'all got me freaked out about my volume so i'm over here (laughs) some buttons turning dials trying to to get this production
0: i was i mean everybody who's ever listened to this podcast knows my thoughts on running the ball and i at halftime i I walked my wife to the car because she was we took our daughter to the game and they had to leave at halftime and i checked the box score fully expecting to see that tosh had like nine carries or something i was like we should but he had like 16 carries at halftime or 18 carries and so i was like you know honestly we're probably running it about as much as we can and that first drive we're right on the doorstep like if you get one more yard in in that drive you're probably thinking okay we're doing about as good as we can probably changes the entire game so i think you actually i mean people might not want to hear this if they're still pissed off at kitley and everything I think you kind of tried to run it about as much as you reasonably could. Maybe we can nitpick individual play calls. But, yeah, once you get down by 14 or 17, you kind of have to throw it. Um, so that was kind of my thoughts. And, you know, I I still feel for Jake Strong. Like he's he's a guy who probably came in. The coaching staff is probably thinking he's not playing until year three at the earliest. And so it's – you can blame him because the three interceptions were, were brutal. Um, but it, it's kind of unfair in the sense that, like, you put a kid – who's not ready to take the training wheels off and he falls over on his bike. Like, okay. Yeah. He crashed the bike, but like, also it's not really his fault. So, um, I thought he showed some good stuff. Like he was really patient in the pocket when Xavier white came open on that busted coverage. Um, you know, he was, he was sitting back there for three, four or five seconds. I think if I, if I remember correctly and, uh, You know, a young player can certainly panic in a situation like that, sort of take himself out of a clean pocket and into some pressure. So it wasn't all bad, but but yeah, I mean that's a tough tough spot for a guy to make his first career start as a true freshman. That stadium environment is legit. That's like about as legit as it gets in the Big Twelve. Um, as somebody who's watched the game in Austin and in Norman, like they don't have that many people. But among remaining schools and stadiums, BYU has a legit atmosphere and like I think that was that was a factor too. I mean, him trying to check plays or protections at the line. I don't know if they ever actually miscommuted anything, but um, I think that was that was overall a tough spot. But um, to your original question, I think that I think we tried pretty earnestly to run the ball as much as possible, um, especially in the first half before the score kind of got out of hand and still just wasn't quite good enough.
2: I mean, I agree with pretty much everything you said, especially just uh, just putting Strong's performance in context, I guess. You know, it's hard to uh, – you can you can compare him to other freshman quarterback who have played, but most of the freshmen that you've seen play in your life watching college football, like, won a job or something. Uh, that Most of the time when you watch them, a freshman play, it's not because they're the, just like the third guy on the roster and everybody else is hurt. So you can't like, like Kansas state, everyone's like, well, Kansas state, they're running. They look good. yeah, well, they like we're electing to play that guy. Like, you know what I mean? There, there's just a big difference. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a, uh, it, that's what happens sometimes. Like it, it's a bit when you have, if you don't have more than two quarterbacks and they both get hurt and you have a guy that's a true freshman and, and you just, it's like you said, he, he was not expected to play for multiple years for a reason. And uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it can be difficult to, uh, to recruit a big time quarterback in consecutive classes, you know, Um, just because they look at each other, they like look up and down, uh, you know, like Will Hammond will will probably scare off someone for the next class. Um, Some quarterback, some big name quarterback who you otherwise might might be interested in you if they're kind of looking at your situation. And I'm not saying like that, but like uh, just, I think like Kansas state recruited Jake strong and ultimately elected not to offer him. And it's like they were kind of getting slow played by that guy that they had um, at that time. And they uh, so they were like, even though they were getting slow played by him, I, they still were like passed on Jake Strong. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean he sucks. It doesn't mean he, he's not going to be good. Um, it's just he was not, you know, bad situation to have a guy. It's not his fault. You know, I, I guess I felt bad for him, really, honestly. And uh, I, and like you were saying again, just his, uh, He seems confident. Like, I kind of respect him just, like, going out there and just, like, all right, you know, like, and still throwing it. Like, he's not, you know, like, uh, I think early in Donovan's career, his, like, panic, he would just, like, run, just, like, kind of run sideways and, like, not even throw the ball away. He would just run out of bounds for, like, a three-yard loss. And Strong's version of that is to just throw it, (laughs) throw it up (laughs) to the other team. And I almost kind of respect Strong's, like, what the way he's dealing with stress more than, like, Donovan just, like, running out of bounds, you know. But uh, obviously, the results are, are bad throwing it to the other team. It's like, yeah, it's about a turnover every like eight plays, right? So, really I mean,
0: yeah, that's he's, great. I think it's uh, six interceptions in six quarters, right?
2: And then the fumbles are, you know, he's pretty involved in those fumbles too, right? True.
0: Yeah. Terrible
2: snaps. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. He, so a lot of our offense, he's having to, is you're required to like, uh, on a, and very quickly decide whether to hand the ball off or throw it. You know, it's not – you don't have, like, a bunch of progressions. It's just, like, hand it off, throw it there, throw it there. And, like, when he's, like, fielding a ground ball and he's never done it, and he's fielding a ground ball and getting up, and it's, like, a terrible snap. I mean, yeah, it's, we're, we're putting him in a horrible situation, too. And environment, like, that, good quarterbacks could play bad there, too, right? I, in my opinion, I think it is possible for a good quarterback to go lay an egg in that kind of situation. Yeah. Bad all the way around.
1: Yeah. Speaking like- speaking of the environment, Kyle, do you want to say anything else about the ice cream or uh, environment you had?
2: Uh,
0: yeah. I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, first off, just wanted to express my gratitude and really our gratitude for, for being invited. Rob, Rob was supposed to be there with me. I don't know how much you want to talk about that, but last second it didn't work out. So It looked like it was just me, but we were both obviously invited and, you know, they they were fans of the podcast and everything. They have their own little version of college game day um, with like signs, a dude dressed up as a chicken, a little turf field that they do segments on like the whole deal. So really sophisticated, like I thought just big league, like I think some of the new coming school or incoming schools are thought of as like these ragtag group of five leftovers. BYU is, they're like power five, top to bottom, like resources, facilities. Their stadium is a little, a little bit like bleacher heavy, but it's like 65,000. It's completely sold out. They're loud. Like it's legit.
2: Well, it looks like that. T- I mean, I, everything you're saying, it looks like that from someone who's never been there. But why, you know, it's so weird that. Uh, them being a private school, you compare them to our private schools. They just couldn't be more opposite. You know, they're they're more Oklahoma State and Tech than like we actually are. Like we actually we think of our fans as like a certain thing, and like BYU is that thing. Like yeah. they those guys show up. I mean, yeah. into it. They're almost like Aggie like, you know, yeah. in a good way. Like all the good, the, the few good qualities that Aggies have. They like in terms of just being like, um, you know, supportive and really all in. Uh, yeah,
0: BYU certainly has it. 100%. I I said that to myself multiple times. I was like these guys like they're they're further along as a program, they're more advanced as a program than than some schools that have been in the Big 12 for a decade plus. Like they should have been invited so long ago. Probably when the initial Big 12 started. Like they should have just added BYU back in the 90s. Um but yeah, the fans are like almost annoyingly nice. Um like I would rather them Talk trash to me, then just continue to thank me for coming and saying welcome to Provo, welcome to BYU. They're like handing me ice cream after the first quarter, and like I know the game is over. I, I'm able to tell at that point that like we're not gonna be able to move the ball. Um, but yeah, just like so, the BYU Sports Nation, the the outlet that invited us, super thankful to them, and um they're they're a really good addition to the Big Twelve, and like their basketball arena seats nineteen thousand. I, I think if they get a winning team. Their basketball is going to be just as good of an environment as their football. Um, Trying to think if there's anything else I missed. The the mountains are incredible. It's a a destination. Like, I know some people might not want to travel to certain Big 12 cities or whatever, but um, if you get a chance to go to Provo, you should definitely do it. Uh, I, I intend to make the trip again next time we're out there for sure.
1: What flavor was the ice cream?
0: glad you asked. It was called Graham Canyon. So it was like some graham cracker chocolate chip deal. I say without exaggeration, it was the best ice cream I've ever had, bar none, like Blueville, wow. homemade, anywhere else. Um, I was like almost greedy enough to go ask somebody for seconds and they probably would have given it to me because they're so nice. Uh, but I was like, I was amazed by it. It was really, really good.
1: That's awesome. All right. I was
0: I was thinking like a scoop of vanilla in a plastic cup. Like, oh, they give everybody ice cream, Big Whoop. But they like passed it. I was like, Graham Canyon, like what's this? And it, it was delicious. It was amazing.
1: Thinking about converting.
0: Well, so I, I had that thought too. I was like, you know, there's – I have like a Big 12 hierarchy. There's There's Texas Tech and then there's like Tier 2. There's Big 12 teams that I pretty actively root for if Tech isn't playing them. Or if there's no like conflict of interest. And that's Kansas State, Iowa State, and West Virginia. BYU is solidly in that tier. And then like tier three, I'm kind of neutral. And then tier four, there's like teams I actively don't want to succeed because I think their success hurts tech. That's like Baylor, TCU. Um, But yeah, no, yeah, BYU like shot to the top of the list for me.
1: Awesome. Uh, All right, back to the game. Taj Brooks, another good one. Um, we don't need to go through the drive chart, but pretty much all the success you had was on the back of Taj Brooks. I think Cameron Valdez had one long run, um, but pretty much anything you did. And again, going back to the snaps, coach McGuire said there was going to be some changes. I wonder if Dennis Wilburn is the center when you come back from the buy, uh, the center from last year moves back over from guard. And then you put rusty stats at guard. I don't know what you do. Uh, maybe he doesn't play anymore this year. Um, But that was a brutal watch. Uh, And then the mesh. The mesh, uh, not the air raid mesh, but the mesh in between the running back and the quarterback was also a huge problem. It was just elementary stuff that was so frustrating. And this is a team that had so much hype in the offseason, right? Self-preserved, self-promoted. But to just be poor fundamentally, penalties and otherwise, at this point in the season has been really, really frustrating
0: yeah and i ranted about that for a minute on uh gauchos after dark but i I just don't understand and like i only played in high school but in high school we started a two-hour practice with a few like it's practice broken into five minute sessions it's like first five minutes is like warm-ups you're just like throwing the ball five or ten yards the next five minutes we were like kind of a spread option so we it was like pitching the ball and then the next five minutes is mesh. It's like practicing, taking snaps, handing the ball off to the running back on trap, counter, zone read, like different kinds of – because you you do different things with your feet. You, you know, hand the ball off quicker, more slowly, depending on the type of run play. It's like you do all of that, and you have to be good at that before you can go like run a play seven on seven or 11 on 11. And so that's, that's what I don't understand. It's like how can we be so bad literally at the snap of the ball – Like, before we talk about if the receiver can create separation on a yard, uh, on a route 12 yards down the field or something, or is the offensive line blocking well enough? Like, like Tech Hoops guy is saying, our true freshman quarterback is making his first career start and he's not able to look up at the defense to even see if he should run or pass because he's staring at the ground picking the ball up. And then there's miscommunication on like, is Taj taking the ball? Am I pulling it to throw it? Um, like you're just doomed for failure from the jump when, when the snap and the mesh is that bad. And so I don't see how you can carry on with a two hour practice. If you don't have the first 15 minutes down and we, we clearly don't like it's game eight and this has reared its head since game one. And so I, I don't know if it's making a change at center. You've got Dennis Wilburn. You could put Jacoby Jackson or, or maybe just move stats over to guard. Um, But yeah, you've got to like maybe simplify some stuff with as long as Morton is out at least and tell Jake strong, okay, we're going to do a little bit less RPO or, you know, I, I don't know, but it's pretty maddening that you can't do something that literal seventh graders are expected to master in the first 15 minutes of practice. And then you got on the field at the power five level and can't do it in a game. It's like, it, it begs a question on some personnel decisions, some coaching decisions, like who isn't doing their job well enough. Cause this is clearly not good enough.
1: You yeah, know, I felt like the first fumble in the BYU red zone, uh, Jake Strong was handing the ball off on fourth down and was trying to pull it. Uh, but then later in the game, he just missed a handoff. So I don't I don't know what was going on. It looked like he was pulling the ball on the first fourth down. So I, I just, it was a frustrating game overall. And it, it just, does it seem like Texas Tech is well-coached is my question offensively.
0: Offensively, no.
2: Are you talking about the last six quarters, or are you talking about as a whole? Because um, uh-huh. I think I think the, uh, the how compromised we were at quarterback is. It's just difficult to even look at the last six quarters. In my opinion, I think there's a reasonable take that um, you can't gain much from that. Like the, these six quarters aren't predictive of anything.
0: I one hundred percent agree. Like you, definitely have to grade on a curve, but take out the last six quarters, or where there's still a bunch of snaps on the
2: ground. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you've got a, 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 a right. I think you, It's still a fair comment to, or question to have, but with the you know you have a fewer you know it's it's just a really small sample size of games um, early on, and th- you know things are certainly not going well as a whole. If you want to. If you want to, like, look at the past, though, then you have to include – why not include the last four games of last year? You know, it's an arbitrary kind of uh, set to use. I get it that it's this year. It's, like, it's the year that's before us. Well uh, – I understand that.
0: So, I have what what I think is a fair counterpoint to that, why you can't use the last four games of last year. Like, just for one position group, you had a different wide receivers coach. And, like, take out the last six quarters and look at the first four and a half or five and a half games, whatever it was. Did, did Jaron Bradley – Progress since last season, or did he regress?
2: Um, tough to say, in my opinion, because I because and I hate to keep throwing it in because I also, in my uh, I have not mentioned you know that we played Morton with a pretty severe shoulder injury for two weeks, too, prior to us having this current situation. Uh, so with that, even with all of these things in mind, I agree with you that Bradley looks worse this year than last year. I think that's he looks. Like to my eye, you know, I'm watching the game. I don't know what plays being run uh, or anything, but it seems like to me he's playing worse. And that's, but that's with me also putting a massive curve on it because of the quarterback situation. Uh, I still have, I still believe that. I don't think it's like, it's not like so glaringly worse that I want to like question everything. Um, But because like there's other questions too, right? I mean, you could, you could really pick off a lot of areas, which is uh, unfortunate to, and be like, well, that's not as good either as it was last year.
1: Yeah. yeah, I feel like defensively, anything you want to say could be contributed to injury, and maybe you can do that on offense too. Um, you're playing a bunch of freshmen. You're playing a bunch of true freshmen. But three or four weeks ago, or five weeks ago, the defensive coordinator said, all right, let's simplify. We're going to run base defense because all these freshmen are in here. It just feels like that's a well-coached unit, despite the injuries and despite the freshmen. But you haven't had as much... Uh, simplification, it may be too much simplification. I don't know what it is, but you haven't had as much success offensively.
0: Well, and is it fair to say if the, if within each individual game, if the offense performed as well as the defense, you'd be six and two at worst right now, right? Like maybe losses to Oregon and Kansas state. The, yeah. The defense played well enough to be West Virginia, BYU, Wyoming. Like those are all 20 points in regulation or, or fewer and and sure. i i could argue that the defense played well enough to beat oregon like you were down by 1 you had the ball around midfield before your quarterback turned the ball over for the fourth time in that game so like i could argue, i could argue 7 and 1 um and i think the offense and defense played about the offense played
2: well though too yeah i think
0: well i mean except for the four turnovers
2: yeah right right and that but was kind if,
0: of the deal with byu like in the fourth quarter i looked up and i was like we have 120 more yards than them we're beating time of possession we have way more first downs but oh yeah, we have five turnovers. Like that's yeah. that's the entire game right there. I mean, that's like the rest of it is almost not even worth analyzing. When you lose a turnover battle five to zero, yeah. doesn't matter.
1: Give five university. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I do feel a little bit vindicated. I think my score prediction was twenty to seventeen BYU. If you take away the defensive touchdown, it was twenty to fourteen, including a possession that we had stall out in the red zone. So I feel like I was in the right spirit of that prediction.
1: When's the last time you made a field goal? Did you make one Uh, at Morganville?
0: I don't remember. Houston? One in Houston? That's
1: a good question. I don't remember a a field goal lately.
0: I think we hit one versus Baylor.
1: Maybe so. I could look at the scores and figure it out.
0: Rob, you want to know what's never overhyped? I could guess that would be our friends over at Rehino barbecue. You can check them out on social at Rehino BBQ. Visit them online, Rehinobbq.com order ahead to make sure that your brisket, ribs, Turkey pulled pork is all there. When you arrive, you've got the OG location out in Olton and the food truck going all across West Texas. Appreciate Rehino barbecue supported the gambling Gauchos. Now I'm going to open a potential can of worms. Tech Hoops guy, you tweeted something to the effect of, I don't want to mischaracterize what you said, so you can clarify, but basically that Joey Maguire's preseason comments about this team shouldn't make fans any more or less upset at the three and five start, that they should basically feel the same about the three and five start in a vacuum as they would with the preseason comments. Is that a fair characterization of what you said?
2: Yeah, I think we should not hold it against him. For, the, for him seeing the team at its peak he you know his envision when he would talk about the team we would speak about it speak about the team as if it was operating at like 100 capacity playing at its very best fully healthy um and he and, and he kind of was like clearly talking about them in hyperbole to me uh, clearly um we shouldn't hope we should not like the way we feel about three and five which is not good like you should be mad about it like, you should be mad about it just as if Cliff Kingsbury was the coach and when he would just kind of mumble and be like, well, I hope we'll be okay, you know, I think we got our guys. You know, we're we'll probably – and then, like, they'd be like, well, you know, your preseason ranked. Because we were. We were preseason ranked. So you're going to get a question, like, in the offseason. Like, what do you think? Well, you know, things go well, you know. And yeah, Like, we should be – the way we should feel about the season should not be affected at all by whether you have Cliff saying that or Leach talking about Pirates or Joey. Because Joey's personality is – if you've met him, like – if you're mad about it, like get ready because he's going to do it again. Like he's <laughs> positive and optimistic. Like that—that that is how he talks. So, yeah, it, I, it, think I think there's you know, it, it, there's no one. Just as an example, he said we would be, you know, two touchdowns better than last year. There is literally no team in the country that would be two touchdowns better this year. There's no one that would be minus 14 against last year's Tech team at a neutral site. So there's literally no one. Like it was—that's clearly hyperbole to me. Okay, so so even oh, if you don't that's, take that's, it, that's what I. That's my kind of overall thoughts on that.
0: Sure, but even if you don't take it literally, that this team would literally be fourteen points better than an eight and five squad that ended on a four game win streak last year. <clears throat> uh, like, I think it's okay to interpret that as we're significantly better. We're marginally better. Like we're noticeably better than last year. And like I hate to break this to everybody, but at three and five with a loss to a group of five team. Uh, you're not better than last year, and it's it's not particularly close. He made other comments. He said, we have the best quarterback room in the country. Again, if you don't interpret that literally like, okay, well, he's not saying that we're actually better than Caleb Williams and Drake May and these guys, but he feels really good about the quarterback room. And then like the starter, the handpicked starter from that quarterback room kind of leaves a lot to be desired out of the gates. Or he says, yeah, we had the seventh overall draft pick at outside linebacker last year. But I think that room is actually even better this year. Again, like giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying, okay, maybe he didn't mean that like literally Steve Linton is better than Tyree Wilson, but as a unit, they could play better. They could match the production, whatever. It also hasn't panned out. And so I responded to you and said like one of two things happened. Either he intentionally oversold this, like he knew that we weren't as good without Tyree Wilson, that our quarterback room wasn't as good as he was saying that, the team wasn't 14 points better than last year's team, and he—I don't want to say lied about it, but he like intentionally overhyped it. Or two, he saw the team in front of him and completely misevaluated it. And like misevaluating players and teams is a big problem. Obviously, like that goes to recruiting, goes to scouting, game planning. If you're not properly evaluating what's in front of you, that—that's a problem for a coaching staff. Like I, I view it; it has to be one of those two things, or maybe a combination of the two. Do you disagree?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's in dick I don't think it's that relevant to his like ability to to like evaluate or scout only because he's like he's you're not dealing with a rational person that when you're talking about Joey McGuire talking about his football team in the off season, coming into a season. So from from like his perspective, the way he's thinking about this is, um, I like my squad, right? I'm trying to snowball this thing. I just won my last four games. I'm returning a lot of guys from the same team. You know, we won some close games last year. Like if we are just as good as last year, we could literally win like four or five games, even if we're just as good. Like that's just the nature of variance and playing a football schedule and being in like a power five conference with our talent versus what everyone else has. There's not a big difference, right? There's a lot of teams that are very, very similarly built. Um, So with that, so he's got that he knows that he's not dumb. He's also literally insane. I mean, we're talking about a guy, he's that kind of positive and optimistic. And, and he he's going to speak things into, he's going to see people for like their best. He, like he, on the quarterback room, what made me think about it, him saying we have the best quarterback room in the country. From his perspective, he literally, like our backup quarterback is getting paid more in NIL than probably most schools in the entire country. Baron Morton, okay? Like the reason why is because like we think he, we literally think we have the best quarterback room in the country. We're paying our backup quarterback X amount That's more than most starting quarterbacks make. So, like, of course he's going to say that and think that. I mean, he truly believed that. Like, does that mean he's – like, were we wrong on that? Do you you think we should have not paid him and him potentially have gone to, like, Oklahoma State or something?
0: I I wouldn't say it that explicitly, but I think it's fair to ask if – I mean, like, this is sort of a tough conversation to have because, like, three years ago these guys were amateur student athletes and, like, you talked about them a certain way. Now they're basically professionals on one-year unrestricted free agent <laughs> contracts. But I do think it's fair to ask, how much did we pay Tyler Shuck? How much did we pay Jerome Bradley? And did we get a good ROI on that? And, like, I don't know I don't the exact that dollar I think figures. think
2: thus far, no. Thus far, so, probably not.
0: So – so I mean, like, do you think we have a better quarterback room, fully healthy, than like what USC or North Carolina or LSU or Florida State has?
2: No, but I'm not like I'm not going to split. Like, I don't. I didn't believe him when he said that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so the, that's I kind of what that, I'm getting. I mean, that's at. totally hyperbole. Like him, yeah. Him telling me some of the stuff he's saying. Like I just flat yeah. didn't. Believe it.
0: No, I get it. I'm just trying to break it down. So like he says things that we're we're basically like not supposed to believe him. We're supposed to okay. He's just saying that, but it's not true. Is that kind of
2: yeah? I, I, to me, I I think. He, you know when he gave he gave an explanation to a couple of weeks ago like uh that was like i thought he was being totally honest and forthright about the situation when he kind of was like i could be like the normal coach that he to me there is a lot of he's not like leach but like he has a weird personality quirk like leach one of them for joey is he's not going to be the coach that mumbles up there and says man i just hope we got a shot you know i just hope our boys show up like he he's seriously gonna like He's that positive. He's going to say, he's going to look at Linton and his measurables and be like, that's a first rounder. That's a first rounder. There's plenty. There's a first rounder at my, I live in Dallas. There's a Walmart near me that has a first rounder working at it. You know what I mean? Like, it, that doesn't mean he's going to play in the first, like, <laughs> be a first rounder. Yeah, you know, I, I guess, like, but in his mind, that, that's just how he talks about his team. He was trying to snowball, I guess. And in his mind, going back to the offseason, he probably thought, you know, we're going to win enough games to where, like, I'll get, like my ass will be covered on this, right? Like I'm not going to, if by being as positive as I am, um, you know, I, I think we'll at least win, you know, enough games to where it won't be like a total, just like, you know, fall flat on your face type situation. And the, the risk of that happening, like him falling flat and him having to be like, man, yeah, sorry guys about that, about that whole thing. Like to me to, in his mind probably was worth taking for the chance that, you know, we beat Wyoming, we go into uh, Oregon, everybody is going crazy. We win a close game, which we almost did, you know, and you just shuck stays healthy and he, he is what he thinks he can be, which is this 26 year old quarterback, you know, that has all like in his mind, he's that like that gamble was probably worth it. You know, I mean, I, I guess he's like, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, well, you know, I hope we hope we, uh, you know, I hope everything works out. You know, if we get a couple breaks, sure, breaks you know, or we'll win a game or two. I think just that was in his mind what was going through his head. And um, I don't blame him for that. Like it's to me, it's almost like irrelevant, too, because like we are what we are you know, like, I'm not going to get more mad about this than just because of the offseason that we had. And, and we have Joey McGuire as coach. Yeah, like that. If you don't want him to be optimistic in the offseason, we have the wrong coach. Just well, like I, your coach talking about Buffalo, don't hire Michael leach Sure. You know?
0: and, and I get that, like, Joey is who he is. You hired him to be that. And so you don't want him to, you don't want to change his personality or his coach right. style. But like, I have two, what I think
2: are fair follow ups, like, can you ask him to rein it in a little bit, and instead of saying, "I think he will," I think he, will. I think the answer, I on, I think your question is a resounding yes, and I think you'll see that over the next twelve months.
0: Because like think, the next grad transfer edge rusher we bring in from Syracuse, he could be like, "Hey, all the potential in the world, all the tools, but he's got to really hone his craft if he wants to be a guy like Tyree Wilson." Yeah. Instead of going all the way to like, "Hey, we're even better at that position than we were last year," or like the other side of this is mm-hmm. like, I I hear what you're saying, but then I also hear what like the median fan right in the middle of the bell curve of Texas tech fans, how they respond to these comments and they're just straight up, not going to believe him next time he says something like this. Like yeah. the, the next time we hear a comment from Kitley or McGuire, that Baron Morton's arm talent is comparable to Patrick Mahomes. All they're going to point back to is like, Oh yeah. And the 2023 team was going to beat the 22 team by 14 points. Like, so it's it's fine if he wants to like go all in on that strategy, but like if you don't back it up, people aren't gonna listen the next time or take you as seriously the next time. At least not until you like prove it five times in a row. Like it, it's kind of like my mom told me this one time when I lied to her. She was like, "You have to tell me the truth now a thousand times in a row for me to forgive you for that one lie." And like yeah. that's just that's how it works. No, like,
2: we, I actually we're not we we actually are not uh, off at all on how we view this because everything you just said, I agree with 100%. That is why I tweeted what I tweeted. So let's see if I can articulate this. Like you're you're absolutely correct. Like, and like I said, it goes back to the gamble that McGuire made. It didn't work. Right. So we're facing the bad repercussions, which is what you said. People are going to be snarky and critical of anything they say going forward because of how much he, we bet on himself. He, you know, he thought he'd win enough games to where this would not be an issue. Right. You know, you win at least seven. No one's going to be like as snarky as we are now. Three and five, or okay. So he, it didn't work. He, the risk, you know, the reward, which would have been, like I said, snowballing this thing and kind of winning more games than we should have this year. Having the thoughts, you know, he he got us in the top twenty-five. I mean, in a way, you know, if you start out, if we're like seven and one right now, or six and zero, we're like in the playoffs because of you know. I mean, it, it was it's was I think it was a smart thing for him to do, and that's why because it was smart, just because it didn't work, right? we should, we have to not hold it against him. Like I said, in my tweet, I go tech fans, we need to not hold this against him because I think it was a smart move. It didn't work. It did not work. Right. Failed. We fell flat on our face probably is more miserable than he could have, you know, he, in his wildest dreams, this probably wouldn't happen. Right. When he was making these comments. So um, it didn't work, but at the same time it, you know, it's happened. I think it was a good process. You know, I think it was worth trying to snowball it at that point um, it didn't work, but like it's for everyone's best interest. We need to just not, you know, move on because just like it, it, that's, that was the impetus of my tweet. to be honest, because I felt the way you did, you know, I, I I'm not going to hold it against him. Um, Cause I, I think the, like I said, I think it was uh, in his mind. He wouldn't, he, he wasn't expecting this, but that it's who he is too. So if that makes sense.
0: I think it does. Um I think you're also probably in a very small minority of tech fans that, even with the benefit of hindsight here in almost November thinking that was the right strategy. And I'm not necessarily saying that I disagree with you. Cause yeah, like I hear your I reasoning, but I think, I think most people right after the loss to Wyoming it's were true. like, we, we shouldn't have been running our mouths.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But and like on the Linton deal, I mean, if, if Linton works, I mean what it's actually unbelievable what he was able to do in terms of uh, taking this guy, he played like 200 snaps. I mean, if you'd have listened to me before the season, I would have been like, I was question. Yeah. Taking a guy that had not done anything and like all these draft guys are like, yeah, oh, watch out, watch. I mean, all Linton had to do is just play well Uh, and he probably would have got drafted. I mean, and you, you can kind of sell that to me. I think the salesman is like, if Joey can do this, he can do it again possibly Uh maybe now, maybe there's a counterpoint of like, actually, no, the, you know, cry wolf or something. Now you, you're less credible, but I, I think he actually could sell it as like, look what I, I mean, uh, he's got the ability to kind of get guys to really sell. Uh, he sold us hard, you know. We're we're kind of we're so mad about it. We fell for it that you know that hard. But I think it's actually a positive if you can harness it. Um, and part of like doing that is we just got to not hold it against him that he is who he is to some. Because like like I said, I mean, I, I know how these like nobody in the country would be minus fourteen versus the team that sh- kicked off against Ole Miss, you know, or the like a uh, no one. Little, I mean like Michigan or Ohio State would probably be right around like that that amount. You might get like Georgia to like minus 17, 14. I mean, nobody's that. So of course I didn't believe him when he said tech would be that. We're not gonna, we're not the best team in the country. It, that's just um that's just who he is. But I, I do it, to me, I don't think it's unre- I also don't think it's unreasonable for people to be mad about it. Like you know what I mean? I I because of how how much we we really beat our chest this offseason. We really, really did. It made me uncomfortable. You know, it made me uncomfortable, the amount that we talked. And I,
0: I can't sit here and lie and say, like, oh, I saw that we were going to underwhelm. But I, I think I did in our preseason preview say, like, hey, for all this hype and as good as we all feel, the win total is still seven and a half. Like Vegas still thinks six or seven wins is just as likely as what we're all talking about, you know, eight or nine. You know, they, th- Vegas by that line thinks five wins is as likely as a Big 12 championship appearance, which is like what well, we were all, all had our sights set on as fans. And so probably should have listened to that a little bit, that voice in my head a little bit more. Um, and at least thought like, okay, maybe seven or eight is the right number instead of nine or 10 if you beat Oregon. It's not as fun. Um, Sure. Yeah. But like now you're looking down the barrel of like, it, I don't see a path to bowl eligibility, which like had you asked me that in August, I would have been like, oh, yeah, we'll be, you know, bowl eligible by
2: Halloween or whatever, you know. I mean, do, do you not uh, I mean, is it unreasonable for McGuire to treat football as if it's like a combat sport, you know, and, and combat sports when you listen to you'll you'll see a guy, you know, like this past weekend they fought in Abu Dhabi. So it was all the Dagestan. Guys were like minus 600 favorites over all these guys. Well, if you go ask the guy who's like a seven to one underdog, if you go when they're they did to the media, they're like, "I'm gonna kick this guy's ass. I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy this guy." I mean, that's how they talk. um Like, it, it you wouldn't hear them be like, you know, "I just hope we. I don't want to want to keep everybody's expectations reasonable. trying to make it through maybe the first couple minutes." I, I think like McGuire truly believes that he needs to. Uh, he he's going to be irrationally positive when he's talking to the media and, and I, I, I don't, we don't, we don't, we just need to accept that uh, for, for what it is Like he, he, he thinks that is a good move for us. And I don't think that's unreasonable. Like, I, I think he is well within his like right to have all and all the information, you know, in terms of motivating young guys and playing a sport like football, it's not like a precision sport, like golf, like some of these other sports where you do need to be like level, you know, like baseball and some of these others where it makes no sense to like beat your chest and run out, like, smash your head through a wall or something but football is a little different um i don't know it's an interesting kind of discussion it didn't work right it, it clearly backfired on him horribly Um but i'm not i think if you like try to if you really take a step back and try to look at it from w- with the information he had at the time and, and what he was trying to gain from it and like and we, we are experiencing okay the other the other side of it is like the absolute worst happened. i guess we could be oh and eight right but it's it's pretty much worst case scenario in the context of acting like you're going to win the big 12 championship. Now you're three and five. And it's like, is it that bad? I mean, a a year from now, are we really, I mean, sure. There'll be some people commenting on Twitter, but like, who cares? Right. I mean like the worst thing happened and it's really not that bad. Just suck it up. You know, we'll be kicking the ball off in 12 months and no one's really going to be thinking about this too. If you win. Not everybody like, like Twitter is important, but like, it's not like everything. Right. It's like, (laughs) just because like, the com- the first comment from the same guy who now for the rest of his life every time J- Joey's comment is gonna be like, oh you said two touchdowns, well you know I mean like yeah that guy will exist now he has been created and he's been sent off now like in his little raft down the down the stream you know and he's like a little bewildered now and he's like every day now he's got a comment about this like that that for sure happened right. I-
0: I think it, I think he's sitting right next to I don't care what uniforms we wear, just win guy on social media. Like I think those two are a match made in heaven. Yeah,
1: love it. You also have a bunch of uh, used car salesman comments now that uh, Joey McGuire just a used car salesman, or he's Spike Dykes in the the New Millennium. Which I don't think is too much of a negative, but I understand what they're saying. Yeah. To continue the combat sports analogy. If you lose a couple fights, you don't get booked anymore. So I think, I think McGuire needs to be a little careful moving forward to not lose a bunch of fights. But if this is one fight, if it's a, a 10 round, 12 round fight, you're down three, five, heading into the, uh, yeah. so you have some time to punch back, but it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it is rough and it's three and five. And you're heading into the bye week with some changes to make. Um, hopefully, your quarterback Baron Morton is healthy. Um, I would assume, based on the timetable they gave you earlier, Tyler Shuck is also uh, not in play to play. But he, you're going to start hearing Tyler Shuck's name about uh, coming back. I, I'm telling you, based on the based on the the timeline they gave before the season started, unless he's had some uh, some pushbacks, but it would be really funny. A couple of comments here. I think McGuire's personality is that he actually believed it himself. I don't think he was trying to sell anything. I think he was trying to get people excited about what he was excited about. If that's the truth, then he misevaluated the team. That's that's my original. That was Kyle's original point there. Um, I think there's some happy medium there that he he's using hyperbole, but uh, I don't know. I I would like to see a couple of recruiting classes on the field, and then a couple of uh, winning seasons before I start talking about McGuire as a, a misrecruiter, but this has certainly not helped his case.
0: So I'll, I'll make an analogy from my limited playing experience. Like I played high school football and I was, I was at the school that was, we were the IB magnet school. So we were like the Lubbock high of the Austin area. We had a bunch of smart kids. We did not have many athletes. And like our football program's history very much reflected that. We've been to the playoffs like three times ever in 30 years as a school or whatever. And like at the beginning of the offseason, our coach asked us, he was like, Who's the best football team in our district? Which is like seven or eight teams. And like everybody in the gym pretty much unanimously was like, Stony Point, because Stony Point had been to like state semifinals two years in a row like one district every year. And he was like, How can you all possibly say that? Like, you need to believe that we're the best team on the field, in the district. Like, how can you win if you don't believe that? So, like, I kind of get what Tech Hoops guy is saying. But, like, we lost a close game to Stony Point. Like, objectively, they were a better team than us. But I get from, like, a mindset standpoint that, like, you can't tell a team, like, hey, we're we're probably seven and five-ish. You know, let's see if we can get a winning record in Big 12. But, like, you have to kind of convince yourself – if you're a boxer or a football player that like you're way better than you are. And that like, you're a bad mother effer. And the other team is doomed because they have to play you. Yeah. Even if like betting markets and analytics and all that, like, know that it's not true, but like you line up 10 times, you might be able to beat them once. So I, I, I get that. But I, but I also totally understand the, when that message leaks from outside the locker room from outside the field house. And Joey's even talked about that. Like the everything runs through Lubbock comment. He even said at Big 12 Media Days, he was like, yeah, I told Patrick, our our uh, head content guy, like that's one of those comments that probably should have stayed private. And so it's like, why, why did he necessarily need to take all this before the media? Why couldn't he have just told his team, hey, we've got this position group, that position group, we're better than last year's team, this is our ceiling. It didn't necessarily all have to be public because like our, my high school coach never told the newspaper, yeah, we're better than Stony Point this year. We're going to win state this year. He just – asked us to believe that when we showed up to work out like you need to practice and work out in a way that you believe we can beat anybody so I think that's also kind of an important distinction to make is private versus public conversations yeah I
1: always enjoyed the 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 tech media days where you go and ask the players what do you think your goal is this year and they're like oh man six and six I just hope you make a bowl game and it's like okay and then you go McGuire's first year go to the the tech media days and they're like oh we're gonna win every game like, i remember Reggie Pearson like the the goal is to win every game and then he
2: went to yeah play and I ball. think to to create that kind of fervent belief you know I think you can't just say it to him like one time in in the gym you know about Stony point it's you know I think choir just like lives it um because I mean I've been with him in in like uh, intimate settings and he is that exact I mean he <laughs> not like like just you know where he would kind of speak his mind he'd, well, like not in front of the media you know, talking about the team and he said the same stuff. And like, even then I'm like, all right, man, you know, I'm going kind to of look at him like, it's almost like my, you know, back in college, you're like the guy that's like, you know, you, everybody's got like a buddy who's like loud and talking and he's like, you know, alcohol on his breath and he's saying some shit. You don't believe everything he says, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're kind of just like, all right, buddy. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the vibe. That's like what I get when I listen to what he said. And um, that, that was like through, through the media as well. I mean, nobody thought, I didn't think Linton was a first round pick. I didn't think we would be better rushing the passer without Tyree Wilson. I mean, not in a million years, but uh, I did think we would be so much better than we have been. And, and we've just, and we've lost games that we should have won. And now it's like to compound everything. You, then you throw in the wrench of like, okay, we've been, Morton gets our, you know, we're on our third string quarterback. And we, it turns out we have, like, a bel- well below average 18-year-old true freshman quarterback that's playing for, for six quarters. He's not, like, your stock true freshman. Uh, it's it's below that. Um, and you only see the good ones, right? But, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's uh, – yeah, like, not all true freshmen are created equal. And I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, guys, that played as true freshmen. Patrick Mahomes, obviously not a – Fair comparison, and even he had like some screw ups. He was just playing street ball; like he had no idea what he was doing. But his talent was insane. um alan Bowman, who I think held his own, he was really well coached. Yeah. You know, he, like he's and he also
1: he also played yeah. Lamar in Houston. Uh,
0: that well, right. he played terrible
2: defenses. But he, right. he didn't but, he didn't throw four picks against Ole Miss either when he was thrust into that game. No, yeah. he, like, he's also still starting. He's still starting games. I mean, we'll, we'll see in a couple of years if Jake Strong is starting Big Twelve games. It it might just be that Bowman is a better. Is a hit and Jake is not. I mean, he might just be a better quarterback. Like, Bowling. that's actually yeah. likely at yeah. this point. Uh, but who knows? It's just so, di- like, when you see, like, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not saying anything because I look like an eight, 17 year old when I was 17, 17, too. But, um, Jay, you know, he just does, he's got a long ways to go. He looks like a little kid. Uh, and that's like physically and just everything. I mean, he's just not, it's not fair. He it, This was not the plan. <laughs> this was not the plan. It's not good, man. Uh, it's not good. It sucks. It's Very sure. difficult. I, I I totally get that. It's almost like a cop out. I, I, it just almost blows my mind. I, there's fans that I know that are like true tech fans who have followed the program for decades. Okay, so have seen some some shit. Right? They've like they've been they've seen some bad things. And I've and like they're literally saying this is the most disappointing year I've ever had. And it's like, okay, hold on. We are eight games in number one. You know what I mean. We're we're, we're we're the season is not over with yet, and we fired our coach like eighteen months ago when he was five and three. I mean, like the only way you fire a guy at five and three is if you think like your program is in a death spiral that cannot be corrected, right? And so, how can you like? And like, and the person who's saying that, the person who's saying this is the most disappointing I've I've been or disappointing year. They also were like at five and three, like, yes, we have to fire this guy or else this program is never going to recover. So how can you like have that opinion? And then like 20 months later, you're like most disappointed I've ever been that in 20 months, Maguire doesn't have us. You know, I mean, it's so just uh, the the psyche of this, you know, being a tech sport, unfortunately, being a tech sports fan, because it's it's hard not to say like only this could happen to us. Right. Because it, it's like it feels like that it feels like only feels uh, like it this situation could befall us
0: Rob I've got two more questions for the group here on the BYU game Uh first one mostly for Tech Hoops guy second one want to go around the horn but uh, we were talking uh pre-episode a little bit about the the betting market for that game and uh clearly the line did not move enough once it became apparent that Jake Strong was getting the start instead of Baron Morton Uh this was a question we got I think preseason was like who's the most valuable individual player on Texas Tech's roster in terms of uh, betting markets and like what the spread would be. And at the time I said, I think it's Tyler Shook just because it's it's always the starting quarterback. Unless unless you have like a Reggie Bush type running back or like, a you know, Randy Moss type receiver, then maybe that would be the case. And so obviously Shook wasn't the starter. Um, you know, it was Morton. Um, in the middle of the season after Shuck's injury, but the drop off from Morton to Strong, I think we opined a little bit later in the season that like it would be close to a touchdown, because I think, and this was where I was struggling to make the comparison, but like in the NFL, I think if Tom Brady was like ruled out on a Wednesday, and Brian Hoyer or Jimmy Garoppolo was behind him, that was usually like a six seven point swing, and so I didn't know if it was, th- and that's of course the best player in the world at the time, but like. The drop-off to his backup, the delta is probably similar from the delta between Shuck or Morton and a true freshman like Jake Strong. What what should the market have reflected once it was known that Morton was out and Jake Strong was going to be taking every snap at quarterback?
2: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I would have uh, probably bet BYU through minus two and a half. So that's like that – me making that comment implies that I thought it should be minus BYU minus three or that um, at least minus three is close enough to where, like, making a bet is a bad decision because, you know, when you make a bet, you have to lay minus 110 to win 10. Um, so you need, like, a bigger edge than just being spot on. But, uh, again, yeah, I think uh, that that was a unique – that game uh, is, was a unique situation to where, um, you know, if, if you have some domain knowledge uh, about a team – you really can, and it like it, it it goes against all these little mantras that you hear about betting, like never bet on your team. Well, here's the thing, actually, um, in general, the betting market is is so shut. Like you you should only bet on your team because that's the only time that you might know more. You know, like when you're just picking off something random, odds are, um, everybody else in the world knows more about that. You know, than, than you do. The people that have bet into that line know way more than you. Uh, but when in that situation, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, there, there are like these unicorn situations where the line can be totally wrong. And the only way that anyone would know that is if you were like that intimately familiar with the program and know that, um, hey, this is a guy that we elected to play a Baron Morton without practicing him. You know, I mean, that blew my mind when when Morton gets hurt. He's not, he doesn't throw a single pass all week um, and is going to make his first start. I know he played against West Virginia, but it make his first start of the year without throwing a pass. Um, that is to me, is, that's a says something about, The option behind him, you know, our willingness to kind of throw him out there, risk him getting hurt again, which happened, um, said something about strong. And it's just, um, yeah, if you if you were able to kind of pinpoint that, you know, that like everybody's like uh, after the fact, you know, kind of gloating, saying I told you, you know, every tech fan saying to bet BYU. And it was like, yeah, I mean, that was that situation. The market can be that wrong. I mean, it really can. uh, And the only way you're going to spot it is if you have if you're like a fan of the program. You know, maybe you could if you're if you're following like TCU, you could probably do it for TCU and Baylor as well. You know, if someone like y'all, too, y- y'all could probably y'all have the knowledge to probably do it for more than just a couple teams. But uh, most people would say like don't bet on your team, because but now you actually should like you should be looking at you know you probably you guys could probably win betting tech player props. Like I, I would back you guys. Like if someone you can't bet a lot of money on those, like if you were, you know what I mean? Like eventually you would uh, reach a point where you, no one would take your action on those. But if like, you could infinitely bet, I would like bankroll you guys betting, you know, tech player props. Cause I think you guys are probably following it more than uh, everyone else. who's touching it. But um, yeah, that, that, it is a, that was a, an example of, I, you know, on Sunday I took um, Baylor or, you know, uh, BYU under 52 and a half for the game um, took BYU plus four and a half. Some groups moved it down to three And then it became very obvious that uh, strong was starting with like an hour to kick and it went down to two and a half and the total went down to 49 or 49 and a half. And that was still clearly wasn't enough to me. I mean, it should have gone more, but yeah, it sucks that uh, that this involves tech, right? Like this is, I wish this, I wish like there was some other like horrific quarterback injury that I'm following from some other program that I can bet on um, because they're, you know their quarterback situation is just so compromised, but no, it's tech. Like it's like, wow, this is great. I get to wake up and watch this market. You know, watch like I'm like sitting here watching just everyone betting BYU. You know, um, and and I'm like, I know why they're doing that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I uh, clearly understand why this line is moving the way it's moving.
0: Second and- question I had is totally unrelated, but the the spitting deal. Um. Being in the stadium at the game, they like throw a flag um, and the referee announces to the stadium flagrant unsportsmanlike conduct for spitting in a player's face. Number 15 is ejected. And I was like, holy cow, that's a bad look like we're probably about to lose this game. Um, And it, it was just like a wheels are off kind of moment in my head. I was like, why do we have guys spitting on other players? And it wasn't until, like, much later that night I get back to the hotel and see the clip that, like, the ref has his back to the incident, and it really looks like 92 for BYU, like, taps the ref on the shoulder and makes an accusation, and the ref kind of just, like, goes along with it. Yeah. Um, I remember back in the bowl game against Ole Miss, after that scuffle, there's an Ole Miss player who looked back at the Tech sideline, and, like, the camera angles from behind his head, but you can see, like, a jerk motion, kind of like that. And he could have been like shouting something for like emphasis or it could have been a spitting motion. I don't know. And it wasn't at a player. It was just like in our general direction. You don't see any of that with York. Like his head is still like, you can tell when somebody is trying to spit like far. Um, The same player then says another player on Texas Tech's roster did it after the game. The same player for BYU is a guy that was instigating on the sideline with Miles Price after the punt return. And like, I'm not necessarily going to go far enough to like deny that something happened. Like maybe it did. I I don't know is, is the answer, but I do know like 92 is a common denominator in three different scuffles or alleged scuffles. And I think it casts serious doubt on his version of events. Did I miss anything else on the broadcast that like gives information or direction one way or the other on this?
1: No, there was zero information on the broadcast. They had no idea it happened. It was so late after the play. And there's – he doesn't even look like he's jawing York. Like there's no – like you can tell when somebody's talking trash. Well,
0: he goes up to him, like he put his face mask in York's face mask. Like this guy, 92 from BYU, is the one starting all of this. And like I'm not saying that our players responded appropriately. I don't know. Again, I'm not saying they did or didn't. But like if you go start some shit, like I'm not saying you should be spit on. But, like, if you talk trash, the guy might talk trash back to you. If you headbutt a guy, he might headbutt you back. Like, I don't know what happened in the middle of those scuffles. Like, I'm sure guys call each other all kinds of names, talk about each other's mamas, all that stuff. But it does not look like in the clip that York does any kind of head motion or spits on him. And the fact that he levied the same exact accusation against another player on, like, a totally different sequence in the game And then again, the same player was the guy who like I thought hit Miles Price pretty late and might have should have been targeting out of bounds and then gets up and like causes another fracas. It's like, dude, you're kind of the common denominator in in this whole deal. And like, I can't help but wonder if you're an instigator who then tries to play the victim. He was laughing on the sideline after the ejection, like yucking it up with his teammate like, oh, yeah, I told the ref such and such happened and, and got him kicked out. Like at the same time, though, I have a hard time believing it's not impossible, but I have a hard time believing that the ref could be approached by a player and just take his word for something like that to the extent that he's willing to eject a player for something he didn't see. It's or that, BYU. like
1: you got to trust him.
0: Couldn't be corroborated. So I I don't know. I At the game, I was like, what the hell are we doing? Like suspend that guy, you know, process him after the season's over, whatever, like you just can't spit on another person. Yeah. But then after I was like, you know, if I was on a jury and I know Tech Hoops guy, a lawyer would appreciate it. I was like, if I was on a jury, I would have to say not guilty
2: because like there's no evidence. there.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going non guilty, too.
2: Yeah. And he also he doesn't like recoil, you know, like anyone would when you get if you got spit on. Uh, he doesn't move at all. The you know, the guy that and yeah, and he was just so animated and the whole time uh, he clearly had his. Yeah, I agree with everything he said.
0: Yeah, you would either wipe it off immediately, slap the guy, like something, and so I know Bill Romanowski. He like hawked a big loogie on somebody, and like you can see the spit in that video, but like you also you can't see anything in the. He also gouged someone's eye out, didn't he? Uh, probably. That sounds yeah, like Bill Romanowski.
1: Yeah, that sounds true.
0: So anyway, I, uh, I, 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 I was. I was pretty hot and heavy about it at the game. It's like, man, we're losing all control. We've got guys spitting on the opposing team. But then after I saw some stuff on social media, I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sure that happened. In fact, I'm about like 50-50 on it. So, anyway.
1: Yeah, there were other friends of the program that were saying that it was completely fabricated and that uh, Batty made it up and then was laughing about it on the sideline in the same clip.
0: I, saw, I did see some BYU fans. They, like, pulled some – five minute, you know, college game day style segment on Tyler Batty, where I'm sure like he won community member of the year and like service yeah. award. Like I'm sure. He's a great guy. And they're yeah. like, you really think this guy would lie about it? And I was like, if I had enough time on my hands, I would pull all the clips of him headbutting different people instigating them. It was like, yeah, I do believe this guy would yeah. sort you. some ish and then like play the victim or lie about it. Like, yeah, I I, I can believe that I can get there.
1: All right. Moving out of the game, BYU, bury it. It's over, burn the playbook, whatever it is. Burn the box score. Uh, what changes do you want to see in the second half of the year? Out of the bye week, um, are there major changes? Are there player changes? Broad, whatever, three thousand foot view changes. What do you What are you thinking?
0: Um, I definitely, if he's healthy, I want Baron Morton to take every snap at quarterback. I hope Tyler Shuck recovers. I hope he's healthy, but like he's not the future of the program at that position. I would like to see a different center, and I would like to see some young receivers get a shot. I think we have some veteran guys that have proven themselves at times, but I would say their performance this year has not been consistent enough to where their spot is just totally solidified. And so, you know, some guys are – you know, it doesn't really click until they get some live reps in a game and, and the lights are on. And so like let's see what we have at receiver. We have very little to lose at this point. Um and maybe this is scheme, maybe it's coaching, but the guys we have are not getting open consistently. You know, their their yards per route, um, like like receiving yards per route run is not good. And so like let's see what we have in some of these freshmen, redshirt freshmen types, and like if they they can't pass muster. Then, like, um, I don't know what you do instead, but like, let's let's try something different at that spot, and uh, give give Taj thirty or thirty five touches a game.
2: Man, uh, yeah, I want to see more uh, us just operate. You know, without just such a massive gap, right? At a at, uh, quarterback, that's the number one thing. I just can't imagine. I mean, it'd be like just going and playing golf with somebody that's better than you for money and you're giving them like three strokes aside, you know, and that's what what it has felt like the last um, six quarters. But so, yeah, that, that'd be nice. Um, I just want to see us win because part of me is, uh, you know, with games still on the schedule, you know, at, at Texas tech, if you beat Baylor and TCU and U of H and Texas, and I, I guess Tarleton's say if you beat everyone that you play on your schedule from Texas, it's just hard to have, even if you only win like five games. It's so we still have like some things I can cling to, right? On the and Thursday night beating TCU would I would be you know not all the way back, but I would be absolutely uh, feeling it. And we we're gonna we're gonna have a very good chance of winning the game. I mean, assuming Morton is healthy, uh, we'll probably be favored in the game. Um, So I mean we yeah we'll, we'll have every opportunity to win that game, and I just want to we need to win right. It's just it sucks because when you lose uh, the games that we've lost this year, you put yourself in this position. There's just so there's no margin for error, right? We just we spent an hour talking about how mad we are about what our coach said this off season. Like that's how bad things, you know that's just how shitty the season's been. I think it blows my mind that we're having this that discussion. But and it, and like the only way to stop that is to like beat teams that matter. We play a team that matters Thursday night. Um, yeah, would be a big one to win. If you go five and seven, but beat Texas, is everything? What would, would that know? be like? If you beat Te- yeah, I, I, that's a good question. What would you feel? What, what would be going through your head when if you go five and seven, you beat Texas, TCU, Baylor, U of H? Honestly, game, right?
0: Yeah, like would you rather beat Texas as your last game of the season or beat like USF in the Birmingham Bowl? In in December on December 18th, you know, yeah. like I o- know o- what I'm probably o- picking. Especially if you beat Texas, you're probably there's a good chance you're keeping them out of the Big Twelve title game. And like that and like, to me, like
2: Russ said, I think you probably go to a bowl game at five and seven. Um if you beat Texas like that, like if there's anybody that's not maybe you don't, I don't know. If that if there's like an opportunity for a non qualifying team, it would be us. We would have enough conference wins, you know, that would probably be a factor. I mean, we're listen to what we're even talking about. This I, is brutal.
0: I, I don't know if this is the correct take. Maybe this is an emotional <laughs> hot take, but if, if my pro, if I'm the head coach and my program is five and seven, I'm not yeah. accepting a bowl invite. No,
2: that's that's fair. That's fair.
1: I was just comparing it to the Armed Forces bowl because that would be in TCU Stadium and similar yeah, like, to what Taylor had to do last
0: yeah. year. Oh, do you want to do just, you want to lose me. to Army to end the season or do you want to beat Texas to end the season? Like I would I would probably sounds kind of like Super Bowl loser mentality, but I would probably rather just beat Texas and go five and seven than lose to them and go six and six.
1: And you go two and oh against Texas in the final two places and, and oh, beat up yeah. Lubbock and Austin. I mean that's just huge.
2: Yeah. But you know, with, back to TCU. I mean, they're having we we kind of do a woe is me quarterback uh, deal. They're having some issues too, yeah. and other teams have had problems, like you know, in this conference. Um, but like they're having some problems too, and they they they're not they're not like feeling great about themselves. Like we should win. We could win this game. We can't have anything crazy happen, like you're talking about. When we talk, you know, when I I made a comment that our offense played well against Oregon. It did. It actually like that's maybe like if you just think about who we played and the situations and um, if you're someone who doesn't, who does assign a lot of luck to turnovers, um, it's like the best we've played. Right. But you, you make that comment. And it's like, yeah, you know, we, you know, you have like four turnovers. Is there, you know, a, you can't overcome those things. And I just don't, Like you almost can't uh, like being like turnover prone, doesn't produce like six turnovers. Like you, you, you like bad things have to be happening. For us to be turning the ball over, and at that rate, unless you know you have like a true freshman quarterback who can't take us in exchange, and um, we're just kind—I'm kind of rambling—but like we can't have horrific and catastrophic things happen to us from like a luck turnover stamp standpoint on Thursday. Like if we just have a normal game without our quarterback getting hurt, without anything happening, uh, I'd like to see if we can win. That we were not like pissed off at McGuire. For not winning a game with a true freshman quarterback, you know, yeah, in Provo, like,
1: yeah, yeah. All right, I want to see two things. I want to see a youth movement, kind of like Kyle was saying. I, I like that idea, especially if you're not burning red shirts. Play as many as you can, as much as you can. Let's get let's get some some hype for next year. You can beat UCF. You can play with Kansas. You can play with TCU. Playing a bunch of young guys. Uh, the other thing. I want to see a two-back set, whether it's Cameron Valdez and Taj Brooks or Henry freaking Teeter in at fullback, play the man. And What happened to Teeter, man? Great let questions. him be an H-back and just go send at some people. Like, he can do that.
0: We did it twice against BYU. I don't know if you noticed that. We did it with York once, before we got ejected and, then, like, Teeter once. Yeah. And it never went back to it. Um,
1: but put don't put him in H-back. Put him all the way in the backfield. And let him run downhill. Yeah. Or or go pistol and basically run the eye. Like, whatever it is, let him go downhill and make some blocks. I want to see that. Or it's Taj and Valdez and you just get in the split backs. Because Taj is probably as good as lead blockers, anybody. Uh, or Neymar Martinez. Put him in there at fullback. W- whatever you need to do, I want to see a two-back set. And I want to use it consistently. Um, You go back to DeAndre Washington, which we'll talk about him in the mailbag. But he had nearly 1,500 yards rushing because you got in the two back and messed around a little bit. Right now, you're going Yost-level ace formation. And it's just really frustrating. I know you're getting empty sometimes, but...
0: Speaking of youth movement, Tech Hoops guy, are you paying attention to what Ben Roberts is doing statistically?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. Not, like, in the context of him. Like, is he about to break records as a freshman? Seems um, like
0: it. Yeah. So he's he's got 66 yeah. tackles two-thirds of the way through the season. He didn't play defense against Wyoming. He only played special teams. Yeah. Um. So he's if he stays healthy, as long as Jacob Rodriguez doesn't cut into snaps too much, he'll probably get 100 tackles. Which I think, going back at least twenty years, probably further, um, probably never. Um, it's Like Jordan Brooks had, I think eighty-five or eighty-six as a freshman. He's the last freshman to lead the team in tackles. Um, if he eclipses ninety, I think we have a. I think only sixteen guys in the last twenty years have had ninety-plus tackles, and it's like Cody Davis, Dwayne Slay. Colin Schooler, I mean, really legit defensive players. He's about to do it as a redshirt freshman.
1: Touch a bunch of safeties. (laughs) uh,
0: Yeah, that's like I. I love that it's an inside linebacker now instead of a safety. Um, He's like I looked at some freshman All American stats, and like depending on how you value, he's there in terms of tackles. But like you know, if you have eight sacks versus a guy who has two sacks. You know, how many total tackles does that offset? Like, he's pretty light on sacks, but he's got an interception, I think, two forced fumbles. I think if he gets another turnover or two or, like, forced fumble or two and the tackles are there, if he can get another tackle for loss or two, he should have stats that are, like, very much on par, if not above average for freshman All-American. And so I know inside linebackers don't get a ton of attention, and, like, we're all mad at the offense. We're mad at Kittley and McGuire. But there's, like, this one little – silver lining kind of bright spot on the defense and you know if he if he does finish the season on the same trajectory and develops in the next two or three years like he could be he could leave tech as like an all-timer at least statistically i'm not sure how his body and measurables and all that will develop if he's going to be like an nfl type player but yeah he's putting together a really special probably historic season right now at inside linebacker
2: it's impressive especially when yeah the um, not a highly recruited or thought of guy, too. Either. No, he had one
0: one power five offer.
2: Yeah. So difficult to to make sense of that stuff. You know, who's going to be, be, be a hit who's not. So difficult.
0: And he was in that Wells-McGuire yeah, he, transition class. Ben
2: Roberts, he was a Wells guy, right? Yeah. 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 So, like, the Hutchings, Jalen Hutchings, the Ben Roberts, like, do they get offered by this staff now? I don't think so. I mean, unless Roberts was, like, a track, I, you know, unless he was really running track, right? Like, I think our linebackers of the future for this program are guys that can, or like, ran track in high school. Can yep. really run. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they or, probably don't get Hutchins recruited. In Hutchins' case, like, I don't know if his arms are, like, long enough. You know, did they meet, like, the threshold for us to offer him now? Same with Bradford. Right. I mean,
0: no, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the two of them only had three or four combined Power 5 offers. Yeah. Uh, like, they had a couple a piece.
2: Um, and Jose's is a running back. Yeah, nobody wanted him. And he like tore his leg up. And, and yeah, he, he didn't
0: play his senior year. He had like a torn ACL. And he's like he's like five ten. You know. Yeah, <laughs> they, like we're not
2: offering that guy now. There's no, no chance of that. Yet, he's a guy that I mean, can we do without him? I don't know. I don't think we could. I mean, he's pretty important.
0: Yeah. No, he's been absolutely legit for the last like three full seasons. So, uh, do you want to do a mailbag with us, Tech Hoops guy?
2: How much how, how long that how long is that gonna take?
0: <laughs> well, it's usually not too long, maybe. You
2: never know, yeah. An yeah. Answer, so no pressure. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back real quick. Okay. I gotta y'all, y'all keep like a pee jar up here or what? What are y'all this is ridiculous? It's like Joe Rogan. <laughs> is, go all right, yeah, yeah, go
0: for it. Take an intermission.
2: All right. Yeah, y'all, y'all keep going. I'll be back.
1: <laughs> it's Matador Transit Mailback. You've got mail.
0: Mail time. Oh. The mail's here. Come on.
2: I found these in my mailbag. Well, it's time to reach into the old mailbag here. Enjoy reading the fan mail. Don't read it all at once. Any mail for me? You don't have a tic tac, do you? Did I get any mail? No. Why not, honey? I
1: got some pushback in the mailbag a couple of weeks ago because i don't ask every question if i feel like we've already talked about the question i don't ask it again just fyi or if i feel like well i don't ask every question so Uh, all questions are read not all questions are read on air just fyi uh but i do think this question that we've already talked about is something that i want to ask you kyle Uh, Would tech fans rather McGuire go back to the hopefully we'll make a bowl expectations?
0: That's a good question. I love the way that's phrased. Definitely kind of a pointed phrasing there. No, I'm all for, I I want bigger and better expectations as a program. I think our ceiling is much higher than uh, what maybe past people affiliated with the program thought it should be or could be. What I kind of take issue with is making very specific proclamations very publicly and then not coming close to living up to them. Right. So be confident in your team, but maybe don't pinpoint this position group is the best in the country. We would beat this team by 14 points, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You don't have to say all that to the media to be confident and to have higher expectations.
1: Could Brady Boyd be our Ryan Tannehill? No. I mean I maybe we'll see, I guess. I hope we don't see, but hope Baron Morton is our Ryan Tannehill. Uh what does success look like for the rest of this season? I think we were asked this before. We said six and six. Uh is it beating is it beating Texas? Is it beating TCU in Texas? That's the that's the success.
0: Yeah, those two are our Super Bowl. So if we can just win those two, you
1: yeah. Know. Um I mean, I look you Kansas is gonna be Kansas. I think you'll be competitive with Kansas, and then uh UCF, I think you certainly could be competitive with them, but it feels like uh what does success look like in the back half of this season? I mean, three and four seems unreasonable, yeah. Three out of four.
0: Kind of, but like I think, I think you could still probably poke some holes in Kansas. Like, would I be shocked if we go into Lawrence and win? No, I'd I'd be surprised. Like, can you hold serve at home and then knock off Kansas? I think crazier things have happened. I I give all of that maybe a twenty to twenty-five percent chance of happening. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, how how did that happen? Like, that's like a bad three-point shooter making a three-pointer. It happens sometimes.
1: Uh, why do, why have we not fixed the low snaps? I have no idea. That that feels like a a fix to me, but that uh, that's going to be fixed, I think, in the in the bye week. Uh, where do we rate this as far as disappointing seasons go? Here's another question.
0: I think Tech Hoops guy said it's the most disappointing season he's ever sat through as a Tech fan.
2: Is that correct? I mean, it's certainly in the discussion, right? Based
1: on expectation, yeah.
0: I think I I remember being really hyped for Mahomes' junior year. Like 2015 with DeAndre Washington and Patrick Mahomes, like you said, the world on fire offensively. And I was like, okay, this is the thing we told each other every offseason. We're like, if the defense just gets a little bit better with this offense, like we'll win nine games. And they were like even worse in 2016. That The run game was terrible. Mahomes is still Mahomes, but, like, he's doing it all by himself. He's, like, the only good player um, on that squad. Um,
2: I think 2014 2014 uh, is very similar to this year, if you pair it with the year before. And also, if you just kind of contrast, you know, that's that was Cliff. Like, uh, he took a different – like, nobody was mad at Cliff for the 2014 team being, like, thought of as a pretty good going into the year. You know, having just won the Holiday Bowl – and I think I guess what won seven games returned um, a quarterback and a lot of players and nobody nobody was like mad at Cliff because Cliff didn't talk a lot of shit, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, t- twenty fourteen is is similar, um, but yeah, yeah it, it's 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 way up there. It's also not over with. We'll say that it's not over with. Um, sure, you know. Got a chance. We can pull a rabbit out of it. we like last year, what we were what uh what was our record before we won four straight games?
0: Four and five.
2: Yeah. So I mean it's uh it's a full season. Just gotta especially it's so hard, it's so difficult to be rational when you're three and five, and your last six quarters was with a quarterback that just frankly is as bad as it's been for us, right? I mean, it really truly what that really truly is is um just not a good situation a quarterback um and it's just so so like so hard to to be reasonable in this moment. uh keep reminding myself that.
1: What does a night of celebration look like in Provo? Kyle, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Sorry, what was the question?
1: What does a night of celebration look like in Provo? You didn't yeah, this is funny.
0: There, but... So on Friday when I got there, uh, I was getting a tour of some of their media facilities and football facilities and everything. Uh, by the way, if, you, if you're if you a big, like, Mike Leach fan and Air Raid fan and you don't know your BYU history, you should brush up. Because, like, what they did in the 80s and 90s is, like, what we did with Leach in the 2000s, but on another level. Like, Ty Debra won a Heisman. They won a national championship in 1984. They had Steve Young, Jim McMahon. Like, if you like quarterbacks and you like passing yards and all that, BYU history is for you. So that saw all those shrines and everything. But as I was being guided on this tour, our, uh, our main host was like, you know, Hey, BYU is a dry campus, which I, you know, I figured, uh, he was like, so our, our big vice around here is ice cream. So when the tour is over, we'll go get ice cream. I was like, Oh, that's, that's lovely. Like I know you all pass out ice cream at the games. We're going to go to an ice cream shop. So we do that Saturday. They bring us ice cream at the game. Um, and then like the fourth quarter, this there's this is one really annoying BYU fan sitting behind us because he was like so paranoid that they were going to blow it the whole game, and I'm sitting there like, dude, we are dreadful. Like y'all don't have to score again. You can take three knees and punt it to us and win the game. And he was like, you know, if we win, I'm going to get my celebration ice cream, and if we lose, I'm going to get my depression ice cream. But I'm getting my ice cream either way. So all that to say, these people are obsessed with ice cream. Like it is. You know, everybody else in the world says win or lose, we still booze. These people, they eat ice cream on Friday before the game. They eat ice cream at the game. And win or lose after the game, they eat ice cream. That's it's what they're all about. So that is what I imagine the nightlife looking like in Provo. It's just ice cream.
1: Just ice cream socials, baby.
0: Yes. Uh, could Kitley
1: solve two problems by putting Jake under center? So
0: what it's funny – it's funny you say that because on the on our first drive, on the botched fourth and one, um, I turned to the guy next to me and I was like, I don't know if we can put him under center. Like, I would just run a quarterback sneak here. I was like, "That might we might fumble that snap. And, of course, we fumbled the snap or the exchange anyway. But, no, you might actually be creating more problems. Like, I, I think in high school he took every snap out of the shotgun. In practice, he takes every snap out of the shotgun. He's probably taken, like, maybe 50 snaps – practice or game in his life under center verse 10,000 from the shotgun. So no, I I don't think so.
1: Why do we do this ourselves to ourselves every year?
0: Tech Hoops guy, you can take this one if you want.
2: Why do we do this to ourselves every year?
1: Yeah. Why do we put ourselves through this every year?
2: Yeah. No, it's a good, I mean, it's a valid question. It's a deep, that's a deep question. You're talking about like just the being a, like a fan, like a true diehard, you know, where you invest a lot of time and that time converts into like emotional investment. and Then which also has a relationship to like financial investment, going to these games. Um, so why do you do it? It's like to me, honestly, it's like it, it's a the same like uh, reason why people go down into like being like really problem gambling. Uh, it's the, it's the exact same thing. Like what y'all are doing is, you know, you buy in, you're all in, right? Every Saturday you, you push everything out into the middle of the table when tech's playing. And like, you just, you you can't help it. Right. You're that it's just, uh, there there's a select few of us just got like hit with this where that, that, that this is what happens to us. Right. Or it happens to me. And I think it happens to y'all and a lot of other people and it sucks, right? sucks getting going bust as often as we have been. So it's like, yeah. Why do you do it? It's a valid question. Why do you keep doing this to yourself?
0: I remember after the COVID season, when Matt Wells was not fired after year two, I like, I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to like disengage from this. It takes up too much of my time, you know, like when I'm writing before the game or whatever, you know, it occupies too much headspace for me and, I was like really going to make an effort. I was like, I'm not going to watch some games if they don't seem compelling. I'm not going to care what the final score is. And like, sure enough, I bought a plane ticket to Houston for the season opener in 2021. And like, awful. for no reason, like they did nothing to pull me back in, but I, I could not, I literally could not stay away if I tried. And then of course, if you remember that game, Houston scores surprise on side, they score again. And I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Why on earth <laughs> did I fly to Houston? Yeah, yeah. Like I knew yeah. better and I'm, I'm still here. And, Thankfully, we won that game, but but no, I like if I tried, I could not disengage from it.
1: How many years away are we from Lincoln Riley returning to his roots and becoming head coach for Texas Tech? By the way, thoughts and prayers to Lincoln Riley, who's missing time at practice. Cliff Kingsbury uh, trying to be an on-field coach this week. Did y'all catch that story? No, no. Uh, Lincoln Riley's sick, so USC's trying to put a waiver in to have Cliff coach on the field so he can coach the quarterbacks while Lincoln's gone. Interesting. Interesting. I think we're many years away. I'll say that.
0: You know how Cliff gets his reputation as, like, you know, offensive wizard and quarterback whisperer guru? He also has a knack for, like, being followed by uh, quarterbacks with, like, interesting personalities and demeanor. Like Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield – Caleb Williams, Kyler Murray. Like, that, like part of what you want in the quarterback is like the all American, like leadership face of the franchise type stuff. And like, those guys are not that. No, no. So I want, I wonder like if that's just a crazy coincidence or if maybe Cliff's style maybe perpetuates a little bit of that.
2: Maybe.
0: I mean, yeah, know there's,
2: I, definitely, I don't think many people would have tolerated uh, Manziel, right?
0: I was going to say, we all saw the Manziel documentary.
2: Yeah. So,
0: anyway.
1: um, I don't know if I can read this one. I'm going to. Who's more believable, Joseph Smith or Zach Kittley calling for near 40, 40 fast plays for a third-string true freshman quarterback on the road?
0: Uh, I will say this. Uh, I'm not going to touch the Joseph Smith thing. Um, but – I I tried to get Kitley's flowers earlier by saying we basically ran it, like I think as much as we reasonably could have. But I kind of take that back because we were still going up tempo. And I don't think the strategy with Jake Strong should be, let's run as many offensive plays as possible. Like when you're you're Lincoln Riley at OU and you have Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts, like, yeah, that should 100% be the strategy. But like, let's slow the game down. Like if we can get out of here running 50, 55 plays – let's do that instead of trying to run 75 for like no apparent
2: reason and having no success with it um so yeah me, on that I, I agree with you on that do, do you also think or do you think there's a way that can tempo also make you uh, things more simple do you be, do you believe that that t- can be the case like if you if you're if you're running the ball going as fast as you possibly can so that the defense has to just line up into a base defense and like boom snap like, uh, do you if if you believe that that can simplify things for your quarterback? I think you know there is some merit to trying or to doing some of that. I think if you're if you're worried about your quarterback making decisions or being a true freshman and processing things, um, I agree with what you're saying. That it's I, I think one way would be to slow things down totally, have him run over like the way Cumby did with Donovan. You know, and but I also think I think a reasonable mind could be like, we don't do that. What we do do is this other thing, and we can actually make it simple by going really fast too. Um,
0: I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I also think like zooming out, I'm confident going into that game that like we can hold BYU to 20 points or fewer on the defensive side, and so I'm yeah. approaching the entire 60 minutes on offense from the vantage point of we don't have to we don't have to maximize anything. We just have to do enough to win the game. Like we don't need 500 yards, we don't need 50 points. We don't need to go as fast as we can. We, just, we need to score 20 points to have like a very real yeah. shot of winning this game. And that's exactly what you surrendered on defense was 20 points. And so I, d- I didn't feel like we were operating in a way of like, hey, let's let's be as smart and strategic as possible in getting to 21, 23, 24 points. It was just like falling into our same old. We go tempo because that's our only identity. It doesn't really work out. Like it's hard to kind of justify in the big picture. And so that, that that part is frustrating to me is like, I think we should have just taken a totally different strategy and approach on offense. Yeah,
2: it, what we did definitely did not work. That's the only thing we know. Uh, we don't we don't know for sure that if our motive was to simple because I, I truly think like everything we did on Saturday was geared towards simplifying things for strong. I mean, if not, then like like it's just crazy to, that 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 uh, to think that we weren't hyper aware of that and like our entire focus was. To actually try to make things easy on him, and I and I tr- and I actually believe that tempo was a part of that. I I actually think that we that was a part of what we were uh, to you know that was intended to make things simple for him. I also know it didn't work. Like it didn't work. So
0: I'll give you a a, a counter example from my my time as a suffering Vikings fan. Um, for a while there, our franchise quarterback was a young man named Tavares Jackson. And if you don't know that name or remember him, I couldn't blame you. Um, RIP, by the way, gone too soon, but like he went, he, he went to
2: a He went to SWAC school, didn't
0: he? Yeah. Alabama a and I believe. Um, but he, so he was our starting quarterback at a time when Adrian Peterson was our starting running back and like Adrian Peterson in those days, putting up literal MVP numbers, record breaking numbers, uh, 2000 yards, And like in games where Tavares Jackson threw the ball like 24 times or fewer, we were like six and one. And then when he threw it 30 plus, we're like, Oh, and five. And so I I would approach it that way. I'd be like, Hey, if I'm Kidley, I sit Jake strong down. I go, we need you to throw the ball 25 times today. That's it. And like 10 of those are going to be really easy, right to the flats, like no reads. We might only need like five, True drop back, throw it down the field. Need you to read the defense type throws. Like we're gonna put you in big situations or in good situations, and then the other two thirds of the offense is gonna be handing it to Taj Brooks, Cameron Valdez. Maybe we work in a jet sweep to Dre McCray, Xavier White. But like I'm telling them, I was like, we need you to play a clean game for 25 dropbacks, no sacks, no interceptions, no fumbles. Can you do that? And like script, script 15 of those 25 dropbacks in advance, and like work. Work those into the grounder and practice all week. That's how I would approach it. But instead, we went tempo, tempo, tempo. So we like max out Taj. You know, he gets 30 carries and we still have to throw it 40 times because like we can't run Taj 50 times in a game. So I, I would have approached it totally differently. Like I see what you're saying the tempo can simplify it and you, you're more likely to get a base look, a vanilla look from the defense. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the trade off is worth it, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
2: I I think it's possible you're right yeah you actually make a point or make a point I hadn't quite thought of because I because I I think our tempo is is honestly designed to get Taj more involved too I think there's some motivation to that I think if you sit there and you're really deliberate you run him over and he runs back over and we sit there like I think it can uh, weaken your run game Um, especially if like you're playing at your freshman quarterback and they know what you're doing you know what I mean Uh, so we're on we're probably like we got to get Taj going so let's do our tempo stuff. And we know it works. We've seen it work, you know, Taj leads the country in rushing um, and, and it'll keep things simple for him. But, but also on the other hand, what you said made me think of there's less plays. If you can truly slow it down, uh, Taj is, you know, him having 20 touches might be bet- better than 25. If there's fewer possessions, fewer plays, like he would have a, a greater impact on the game. Um, cause it, cause if you throw it 50 times and run him 30 times, like, yeah, you handed him the ball 30 times, but if you threw it 25 times and gave it to him 20 times, you know, that might he might have been able to have a bigger impact.
0: So. That is exactly the point I made in response to Kitley uh, two weeks ago after the Kansas State loss. In his press conference, he was like, no, we we run the ball plenty. In fact, Taj is sixth in the nation in carries. And, like, the average fan hears that and they go, oh, like, yeah, we must be running it a lot more than I realize. But we're 98th nationally, or we were before the BYU game in the share of our offensive plays that are runs. And so, like, same deal. We we might be close to maxing out what Taj can do on a game-by-game basis, and we're still putting the ball in the hands of our true freshman quarterback 40-plus times, whereas if we would just slow down, we could max out Taj at 30 carries, and, like, he's 60% of the offense that game rather than maxing him out at 30, and he's 40% of the offense. Like, you want him to be the largest total share of the offense as possible, and we're not really doing a good job of that.
1: We also have other running backs, just FYI.
0: Yeah.
1: You could also run those Those guys. Uh, are the Gauchos bad luck? TCU last year, Wyoming, BYU, all losses of varying degrees and
2: of embarrassment. Yeah. Two you, just on this. U of H. you were at that U of H game we won.
0: Yeah. I went to Waco too. But so it's funny because the guy who asked that is sitting next to me at all three of those games that we lost. So he's trying to pass off blame. But two, maybe I'm cursed individually, but like I said, Rob was ultimately unable to make the trip to Provo. And so it wasn't a Gauchos deal. It might have been a Kyle deal, but Rob's not cursed, as far as we know.
1: Ain't no curses. I think I might be a little cursed, but.
0: (laughs) Maybe a little. In other ways. Hey, We're we're, we're Rangers fans, so.
1: It's true. World Series.
0: Undefeated in League Championship Series.
1: Why do programs with similar budgets and talent like Oklahoma State and Kansas State consistently compete in conferences while we are at a 15-year of bad football? What is the root cause of our relative underachievement?
2: The I mean, I've got some thoughts on some crazy. of those things. Yeah, wait. Um, I think quarterback play is a big is a big part of it. Coaching. And See, when you look at the amount of time that we had, um, like walk-ons and former walk-ons, like in because you're talking about that, you're, that question is over a long time period, right? Because Oklahoma State has been good for about 15 years same with kansas state too but so i'm, I'm talking about like mclean carter um jet duffy henry columbie and now we've now we're into like jake strong um we we have had way more than the other big 12 teams we're playing a quarterback that would not play for any other big 12 team in that moment you know in that moment in time um, and you can cherry pick like examples um, where other teams have had to deal with those situations too, but that's true. When, but if you also look when they have, they lost a lot of games.
0: Can I push um, back on that though? Yeah. I, I don't dispute for a minute that we've probably played more quarterbacks than any, anybody due to injury. We also had like two and a half seasons with the literal greatest quarterback to ever walk the face of the earth, and we still lost.
2: One of those seasons. One of them was a object, a really good tech season. You
0: know, I, I mean, he went like one in – Two, one and three as a freshman, seven and six as a sophomore, five and seven as a like he was 500 at best.
1: Eight and five as a sophomore, by the way.
0: Okay, if if we count the LSU forfeit in the Texas Bowl, but like if you don't – and then like you take out the FCS That that
2: should be counted as a forfeit. Like the talent discrepancy there. But then like if you
0: also take out group of five, like okay, yeah, Pat beat UTEP and like, you know, Stephen F. Austin – and, like, Kansas was Kansas back then. Like, you take that, I was like, we lost with the best player to ever play the game. And so, like, even when we had a full two-year sample size with no quarterback injuries and, like, as good as you can get at the quarterback position, we still were not very good.
1: Would Would you argue that uh, Gundy is the best coach Oklahoma State's ever had?
0: Oh, absolutely. And then would you argue yeah.
1: that Bill Snyder's the best coach that Kansas State's ever had?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So,
2: I, I –
1: they're, those two programs have had the best coaches they've ever had for twenty years, and you've not yeah. had
2: that. I'd I'd also argue that over that time period that the question was asked, we are not similarly situated with Oklahoma State in terms of resources. I think we are now and going forward. Like we kind of we've caught up, and we're we'll we'll get there. But like uh, they they spent a long they were they're way ahead of they were way ahead of us from like probably mid two thousands for like a decade there. That makes up a part of this question. Where they were getting guys that we were trying to land from Texas, and you, for the, for whatever reason, but one of those reasons might have been their facilities were way better than ours.
1: Shout out T Boone.
2: But yeah, no, it's that's a it, it it that that part that is what hurts the word most, I guess, out of the decade of suck. Is it's not that you like aren't beating teams like Texas and OU. And and A&M maybe or teams that you quote unquote probably shouldn't be, but, you know, losing to teams that like on paper, um, you know, like how many times we lost at Kansas state in a row. I mean um, that it's a, it's an amount that like, it's just, it's staggering. It's a it's it's a staggering situation. Uh, There's some painful questions
1: in here. I'm going to run through real quick. Are we closer to a G five program or a power five program? I would say power five. I don't, y'all are hesitating there. I mean,
0: we're in a power four conference.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh,
1: How much time should be given to this staff to write the ship? Unlimited time.
0: It, yeah, if we have top 30 recruiting classes, like if you have the best players in the new Big 12, I think you kind of – you just change out coordinators and position coaches till it works. I mean, I, I think w- within reason.
2: Dan, it's always – everything's always like, who would you get too, right? Yeah. You know, what, with, without a clear-cut answer, you know, like um, – yeah. Like Lincoln Riley? You, you just can't uh, – like it kind of goes back to what I said. Like the, you can't fire a coach at five and three and not without like – and then hand the keys to a guy like McGuire. who literally had never been a head coach. Uh, the You know, he's this Texas high school guy. Um, You can't do that and like not give him the longest leash you've ever given a coach. Right. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, he gets caught with like, you know, a bunch of little kids, right. Or something like, there's just nothing that could possibly stop him from getting the longest leash you could imagine. So like that question. I'm still
0: all in with McGuire. Like I've seen people, and maybe this is just like immediate post-game hot takes, but people calling him a fraud or a used car salesman. Like, I know he knows how to coach, and like this is a different level, but like he has led football teams, football programs to repeated, continued success. We know he can recruit. We know he's a relationships guy. And so it's like, no, I, does this season suck? Yeah, absolutely. But like, have I lost faith in his ability to be the CEO and like lead us to much better seasons in the future? Absolutely not.
2: Yeah. And he's also been a part of some big bounce backs at Baylor. You know, some of the, I think he won two different seasons, really. Which is absolutely terrible. Yeah, like worse than we are now by multipliers. Yeah, for sure.
1: There's some uh, Hamby discourse that I think we can run through next week. Uh, Is this more? Is this season more disappointing than last year's basketball season? No, I think last year's basketball season is more disappointing because how How is
2: this bizarre?
1: How it flamed out and uh, coaching change at the end.
2: That was just bizarre, too. Yeah, bizarre.
0: I I don't know if I would classify last basketball season as disappointing. I think it was like really frustrating, like almost maddening, just how how poorly led that team and program was. But like my expectations for them were not like to me. If you're talking about playing in Arlington and football, that's about the equivalent of like a elite eight in basketball is that about right sweet 16 um and i didn't have those kinds of experience i thought we were like a bubble team and kind of were like honestly with our last three or four conference games we still had a shot at making the tournament uh didn't pan out but um no i would say football was much more disappointing
1: yeah and we knew a lot of the coaching stuff before the season started so it was it was inevitable (sighs) How high can Taj Brooks get on the single-season top 10 for Texas Tech rushers? 10 is 1,100 with DeAndre Washington. He's on pace for ninth right behind James Hadnott at 1,369.
0: Considering six carries against Oregon and a rough start against Wyoming and not playing in the second half against Tarleton, like he's averaging more than 100 yards per game. Even with all that considered, like I don't think it's outlandish that in the last four he could get close to five fifty, maybe even six hundred if he really goes off. And so I think his ceiling is like basically tying DeAndre Washington and like I mean he'll he'll easily eclipse a thousand yards. He might do that in the next game. So yeah, like floor maybe twelve hundred yards. Sealing uh, 1,500 yards.
1: 1,509 would be James Gray at fourth.
0: And and that'd be, based on the offense we run versus what they were running in the 90s, like when they did that,
2: that'd be really impressive.
1: That would be very impressive.
2: It really, it's hard for me to rationalize everyone on one hand being so mad about our misuse of Todd Brooks, and then on the other hand, him being like one of the most efficient and most productive you know, running backs we've had. Those things cannot it like it's very difficult to wrap my head around both of those concepts.
0: But it's the grade it, isn't good. I think it's context. It's like you, you lose but you, you lose to Oregon by one possession, a game that you could have, maybe should have won, and he has six carries. You lose to West Virginia in a winnable game because he has three carries in the first half. It's like if we just use him consistently, I uh, I think that the Kind of like in the BYU game, like what I'm saying, like it's hard to hard to go to him more than you did. But I don't – you can't look at the Oregon game, the Wyoming game, the West Virginia game and say that honestly, that like, well, yeah, we, you know, we did all we could to get Taj the ball there. So, yeah, like he still has monster numbers despite that. But within those individual games, I mean, I think it's really hard to look at that and say, yeah, we used him as efficiently as we possibly could have or we maximized what Tosh Brooks could have given the team that day.
1: All right, I'm skipping is a hot dog, a taco, and getting to the final question in the mailbag. Is Adidas is the Adidas news the most exciting news for Texas Tech football since the Joey McGuire hiring? Plus, assorted Adidas thoughts.
0: I I think Micah Hudson is probably bigger, Um, but I do think a lot of people are missing the boat on the Adidas Patrick Mahomes significance. Like I see people whose immediate reaction is like, Oh, well, Adidas just did UTEP's uniforms and those don't look good. So like, why are we so excited about this? like, you're not excited about it because you're going to wear the same uniform template as UTEP. You're excited about it because like, imagine, imagine your UNC in like 1993 as the Air Jordan logo is like just dropping and Michael Jordan still has, like five years left in his prime or I should back up further like 1990 like let's say he still has a decade left in his prime or something and you move from Reebok as UNC hoops to this new Air Jordan brand like you're going to be pretty excited about that or imagine if like Tom Brady if Michigan went TB12 back in 2011 when Tom Brady like still had three more Super Bowls left to go that would be a big deal or if Stanford signed some exclusive deal to wear Tiger Woods logo to peril for their golf team, like it's golf. So not as big of a deal, but like, that's what you're, that's basically what you're doing or Michael Phelps in swimming. You are aligning yourself with the best player in the world in his sport. And he's going to be there. He's going to be on that perch for the next like 10 years. Um, uh, that's the excitement. It's not that like the stripes on the uniforms might change. And so I think people are kind of missing the value of that. And like one last point along that same lines, people be like, well, like we didn't really win with him here. So why are we like, yeah, that's true. And I just made that point to tech hoops guy. But like, if you have Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, as an alumnus of your university, and you're not capitalizing on that, you're making a mistake. Like, I legitimately don't know. Did Michigan win anything when Tom Brady was there?
1: Uh, no, nothing big, I don't think.
0: Like, I know they didn't win a national title. Like, I don't, I don't know if they won a Rose Bowl either or – He was
1: picked in the sixth round, so it wasn't like he had a bunch of success in Michigan.
0: Yeah, like Michael Jordan obviously won a natty at UNC Hoops. But, like, let's say that – I don't know. Like, let's say LeBron went to Ohio State as, like, a one-and-done, like, if he had to, and they – They pulled a Ben Simmons and like, you know, made the tournament loss in the first round. Would Ohio State turn down an affiliation with LeBron James? Of course not. So why on earth would we be like, well, you know, Under Armour has better stripes and UTEP's uniforms look dumb. So why would we associate with Patrick Mahomes? It's like the dumbest. It'd be the biggest miss opportunity that you can like imagine. So I don't, I don't think Under Armour's uniforms look that good. I don't, I don't like our current uniforms. I think we should. Level the bevel. I think if you rein in Adidas and tell them we don't want stupid looking uniforms that can give you a classic look like, like the Dallas Cowboys don't need new uniforms every year because they look just fine. So get a look like that with your own colors and call it good and be the only school exclusively associated with Patrick Mahomes and like lean into that. So I'm excited about it. Yeah.
1: I hope you pick a uniform and stick with it for the next 20 years, but uh, otherwise, I, there's also fans that are getting tired of what uh, tired of Patrick Mahomes. Just oh, it's too much. He's it's too much hype. Like no, seriously, he's the greatest NFL player of all time, and he went to Texas Tech. We're going to talk about it.
0: It's like the North Pole getting sick of hearing about Santa Claus. We have Patrick effing Mahomes, who like wants to wear the double T everywhere. He's in the Ring of Honor. Like, he loves this school. He lo- like, some guys, I mean, like, I think Crabtree was kind of this way. He graduated, and then it was like, peace out. Like, <laughs> we never heard from Crabtree again until he came back for the Ring of Honor. Um, and you have a guy who's, like, not only willing, but, like, he wants to elevate Texas Tech with money, with brand recognition, with publicity. Why on earth would you be like, well, you know, hey, we don't want to over-affiliate with you, Patrick. Like, What? He also just signed a
1: 500 million dollar deal and <laughs> you're you're allowing him to put his name on your uniform fine like you think Oklahoma state going further would turn down T. Boo Pickens money because they yeah, were well, I mean it's
2: it's another example like you the North Carolina was good but it'd be like Oregon being like we're a little too associated with Phil Knight <laughs>
1: yeah, <know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <the links>. yeah. <laughs> us I mean we're almost synonymous with Nike it makes me uncomfortable I just I mean, no, no, you're right. I mean, it's, there's only advantages. I think to me on the uniform, if you, if they're really, if the provider is really like paying attention to you, it doesn't matter who it is, you're probably going to have good stuff. And I think with like, we'll get paid attention to more now than we would have just being stock Under Armour. Um, seems like now we'll be a, like a folk will obviously be the focus of the brand. I mean, there won't be no other Mahomes brand teams, will there? I mean, maybe like Kansas eventually, unfortunately. At, at
0: least not starting off. Um, but that was what that that was what we heard it was like. So Arizona State is currently an Adidas school, and they they approached Mahomes, and Mahomes told them no. Texas Tech has to be first. And so I think kind of like UNC with like Michigan and OU now going the Jordan brand, it might branch out eventually. But Mahomes <laughs> was like very deliberate. Tech has to be first. So I think we'll be first and exclusive for a while, and then like. Yeah, Kansas would probably make some sense, you know, being in Chiefs territory and everything, at least for football. We'll probably keep Adidas for basketball. But, like, Arizona State, they want a piece of the Mahomes action, so it'll probably spread to other schools, and I, I'm okay with that as long as we're first and, like, we get the most attention and, you know, benefit from it, obviously, which I think we will.
1: All right, that's all I got.
0: Tech Hoops got to be uh, – do we keep you too long?
2: No, that's all right. Yeah, it, so, it is long. Like this is crazy different. long. Uh, yeah, I mean, do y'all like? Do y'all watch all statistics? Do people stay on this whole time?
1: We could probably look it up on YouTube, but no, oh, you don't
2: even know. We're, no at the,
1: we're at the height of uh, viewership right now. What do you mean? Well, we have we're we we were about uh, a certain number of listeners for about the first hour, and then it jumps. About an hour and a half in, so people—I don't know if people are just finding it late or if they're sticking with it. And a lot of the re-watches uh, next day, anyways. A lot of the a lot of the viewership is next day or on the podcast.
0: How does it How does it feel to be a friend of the show officially?
2: It's good, man. Is it, I definitely don't want to be an enemy of the show. I'm <laughs> I'm both, uh, just social or online kind of the warriors you all know, i've got an army behind you it seems like <laughs> i think uh, you're in there.
0: you're in rare company so bj simmons is a friend of the show tech hoops guy who else has been on three times
1: uh john kurtz has he been on
2: three times or just twice uh, that's a pretty good list
0: there i think just twice it might just be you and bj
2: wow that's that's pretty cool that's uh yeah no, there's no nothing else that uh, me and him are the are you know can be mentioned. It's <laughs> he, the only time I think
0: he's he's a pretty sharp, better from what I can tell. So he, y'all might have that in common. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm missing somebody. I'm gonna feel bad if I think of it later. But yeah, it, it, it might just be that. Might be a short list.
2: Yeah. Well, and I'll be back anytime y'all want me. Just let me know. The,
0: the the people love you. We uh, I think the, either the first time or the second time you came on, we got like specific comments. They were like, "Yeah, Tech Hoops guy is awesome." Nice. I, I guess I guess you don't do your own podcast very often. The uh, from here it's no. audible.
2: Yeah, no. it's kind of yeah. I'm sure we'll get back together on it, but we don't. Nobody listens to that one, so.
0: I don't think that's true because like millions of people on RRS comment on how they are missing out on it so i feel like y'all do have listeners whenever you publish
2: one well anyways yeah i will be i'll be there next thursday hope we get a win i'll be
0: there too let's uh let's try and grab a beer or something if you're if you're into that sort of thing yeah cool or ice cream if you're if you're more like the byu folks we can do that too
1: all right final thoughts Kyle.
0: It is better to be a free man in a small house than a slave in a big one.
1: It's better to be a free man in a small house than a slave in a big one. All right. I love it.
0: All right. That's all I got.
2: Coaches get fired for for comments like that nowadays.
0: (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah, maybe maybe I should have proofread that before just firing it out there. But I'm not – I can't get fired from this podcast on – I'm a part owner, so. All right. All right. Love y'all.